the life and times of crazy Philadelphia Eddie, my Vita Roca. I'm going to start my story in the year 1952 in Coney Island, New York. In 1952, I was 15 years old. To turn 16, the end of the summer that year, I had already discussed with my father me quitting school at the age 16. I was on my summer break with no intentions of returning to school. I was going to look for a job and sought my life as a young man. Let me explain a little bit to you that Coney Island was the largest and greatest amusement park of the times. It was maybe six, eight blocks long, three, four blocks wide, with nothing but amusements, some of the finest, fastest, most dangerous amusements of that time. Many of them were brought there to Coney Island and reassembled from the World's Fair in New York. There was nothing but games, rides, exciting things to do and see. Electricity was fairly new at that time, and the lights in Coney Island could be seen by the cruise ships 25 miles out at sea. People came from all over the world to see Coney Island. Coney Island was packed with beer gardens and saloons, as they were called, where you could get a big frosted mug of beer for five cents. With that mug of beer, you could sit and listen to very famous celebrities of the times, such as Jimmy Durante, Eddie Cantor. They were guys that used to sing, tell jokes, and play the piano. And for five cents, you could sit there and laugh all day long. It was a great amusement park. As a young man, as a small boy, actually, I used to admire and look at people that had tattoos. My uncle had tattoos. My uncle Eddie, he lived a strange life. He was his own boss, a roofer. He came and went as he pleased. I liked his lifestyle. He had four or five big tattoos on his arms, and I used to look at them and ask him where he got them. He told me he got them down the Bowery. The Bowery was Skid Row in Manhattan, New York, where all the derelicts lived. I asked him how much he paid for them tattoos, and he said 50 cents. So I had that in the back of my mind, and at age 15, I was looking for a place to get a tattoo. My family used to go to Coney Island once a year as part of my father's vacation. So that year, 1952, early summer, we were walking through Coney Island, and I spotted a sign high in the air, expert tattooing, 25 years experience, 50 cents and up. I said to myself, aha, I found a tattoo place. I'll come back here with my friends and get a tattoo. 
know, in a few weeks, I returned to Coney Island with three or four of my friends in the hopes of getting tattooed. I made my way through the crowd up to where I'd seen that sign, Expert Tattooing. There was a man tattooing a woman in a very small little tattoo shop. The shop was maybe 12 foot long, 8 foot deep. Inside the shop was this big man, and he was tattooing two chairs. He was sitting in one, and a heavy set black woman was sitting in the other chair. He had a desk there with some little jars of of ink and a couple of tattoo machines and he was tattooing a name on this woman and the sparks were coming off the tattoo machine and I just thought wow that might really hurt I looked at the woman's face and she looked back at me and she was smiling and I thought well if she can do it I surely can do it I didn't realize it at the time but women didn't get tattooed back in those days, nor did black people. So I was witnessing something that I didn't even realize was something strange and different. The man said to me, you want to get tattooed? I said, yeah. He said, you'll be next. And he continued with the woman. She smiled. She got up and she gave him a dollar. And he thanked her. He stood up and across the doorway of this tattoo shop, there wasn't a doorway, it was just a hole in the wall. He had a big chain with a little eye hook. He stood up, lifted the eye hook, let it drop to the floor, and him and the woman stepped outside. This big, huge man then raised his hands, ran them through his hair. He smelled the air. He stood up proud, looked around, said, who else wants to be tattooed? And, and I motioned to him that I was next. So he says, come in, sit down here. He said, what kind of a tattoo do you want? I said, well, I'd like a skull and crossbones like on a pirate flag. Because in my mind, I believed in another lifetime I was a pilot, so that's the tattoo I wanted. This man reached down into a cigar box. He had several cigar boxes there. On the cigar box was written skulls. He opened the cigar box and was thumbing through a whole bunch of plastic stencils. And he pulled one out. It was a piece of plastic with a skull and crossbones scratched into it. And he handed it up to me and he said, you want something like this? And I said, yes, that's perfect. That's what I want. He says, where do you want to put it? And I pointed to my left lower arm between the wrist and the elbow. And he says, okay. And he proceeded to squirt some, actually he took a sponge in a, in a bucket of water and ran it across my arm took a straight razor and shaved the hair off that spot of my arm. He put a little Vaseline on my arm and proceeded to press this plastic stencil 
against my arm, and it left an imprint of an outline of a skull and crossbones. The man then said to me, I'm going to start, and the first line is going to burn a little bit. I'll just make a small line so you can get used to the feeling. Now sit still. And he made a little line on my arm, and I thought to myself, wow, this really hurts. I don't know if I'm going to get this or not. And I looked up at my friends. They were all standing there smiling, leaning against this chain, looking down at me. So I couldn't back out then. I smiled back at them, and then I started to watch the, the man tattooing me. And I seen the, the skull actually forming on my arm, which I thought was great. Then when he got done, he took a sponge out of this bucket of soapy water, wiped my arm clean of the SS ink, and there it was, a nice skull and crossbones. Then he proceeded to pick up a little bottle of, little jar-like, of red ink. And he took another tattoo machine, dipped it into the red ink, and started to color the eyes red in the skull. Oh, I was in heaven. I thought, this was, Jesus, this was great. While he was doing that, he was talking to me all the time, asking me my name, where I was from. The first question he asked me was, was I 18? And I said, sure. And he said, his name was Max. What was my name? He says, can you remember Max, or do you want me to write it on your arm? And we laughed. So then when he was done, he said, okay, you're all finished. I said, great. How much do I owe you? He says, $2.50. I says, okay. And I handed him three $1 bills and told him, keep the change. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a nice little bank roll of money, got the three ones on the outside of it, and stuck it back in his pocket. He said to me then, do you know how to take care of this tattoo? <coughs> I said, no, I don't. He said, well, I'm going to explain to you how to do that. He said, I'm going to put a little paper bandage on there. He said, you can take that off in about two hours, wash the tattoo with soap and water, put a little alcohol on it, and, and just leave it alone, keep it clean. It's a scab will form on there, lasting about 10 days. Don't pick or scratch at that scab. Let it just heal by itself. The scab will flake off, and you'll have a beautiful tattoo. I thanked him very much. And while I was sitting there getting this tattoo, I was looking at the design sheets that Max had on his wall. And there was a beautiful rattlesnake there. And I was just thinking as I was getting the skull, that'll be my next tattoo, that rattlesnake. So I thanked Max very much. And me and my friends left. When I came outside, only one of my friends was left standing there. The other ones went off somewhere. So he went in to get tattooed. Max said he was a little guy. His name was Robert Manganaro. We used to call him Pops for short. Why, I don't know. That's the nickname he had when I met him. But he was a very little guy. And Max didn't believe that he was 18. 
which he wasn't. He was probably 15, 16, like I was. So he couldn't get that dude, and he says, okay, he'll come back with, with his, some other papers and stuff. Although we all had papers saying we were 18 at 15. To drink in New York was, was 18 at the time, the legal age to drink. We all had papers saying we were 18. So we walked outside. Here come my other friends down the street. They had found another tattoo parlor down the block. So we went down there to, to take a peek. There was a sign, Brooklyn Blackie's Tattooing. Brooklyn Blackie, the electric Rembrandt. And we stood there, he had a nice store with two windows and a door in the middle. The door was open and the guy was sitting in the door with his foot up. And he said, you guys want to get tattooed? We said, maybe, I just got one, I said. He said, well, only the ones getting tattooed are allowed and it's crowded in there. And it was a whole bunch of bikers and, and, and rough guys inside. And we just thought, ah, we'll, we'll go walk around Coney Island, have some fun, and come back later. So we went, went around Coney Island, we found a bar, we went in, we, we were having a few drinks. Two hours had gone by, I went into the bathroom in this bar, took the paper off, washed it with soap and water, came back to the bar, ordered a shot of whiskey, Drank a little, poured a little on the tattoo. And I just loved that tattoo. I thought I was king, king of the world there. I said, I'm going back and get that rattlesnake that I saw right now. So back we went to Max's tattoo shop. I said, hi, Max, remember me? He said, yeah, yeah, what, what do you want now? He says, I said, I'd like to get that rattlesnake over there. He said, okay, come in here and sit down. Where do you want to put this? And I pointed to my same arm, the left arm, up on the top on, on my muscle. So when I stuck my arm out the window driving, my tattoo would show. He said, okay, you all set? I said, yeah. And he put the snake on, and he used, used black, which I thought was blue. It looked blue to me. Red. And then he put some green into this rattlesnake. And I thought, I, my God, I'm in heaven. This is gorgeous. This is beautiful. He said, okay, take care of this the same way I told you to take care of the other one. And I'll see you. I said, okay. <clears throat> and I handed him a $5 bill, thinking the tattoo was $2.50. I assumed all the tattoos were $2.50. He took the five-hour bill, crumpled it up in his hand, and on this desk that he was working off, he opened the drawer. When he opened the drawer, the money was stuffed in there. It just jumped out of the drawer all over the floor. He threw the five-hour bill in and closed the drawer. More money jumped out than he put in. I just thought, wow. So I said to him, Where's my change? He said, there is no change. That's a $5 tattoo. I said, Jesus, this guy just robbed me. I was very upset. I said, I'm going to come back here later and rob him. It would be a simple thing to rob him. It was just a hole in the wall of a building. 
there were just shutters that he had stacked up against the wall. I've seen how they just hooked on to the, it would be very easy to come back later and rob this man. And, and outside I went. We walked back down to the Brooklyn Blackie's tattoo shop, looking around, and it was getting late. And I thought, you know, I'm going back there and ask this Max how I could learn how to do this tattooing. So we went back, Max was standing outside, and I said, Max, how could I learn how to do this tattooing? Max looked at me and said, are you serious? I said, yes. He says, you go get me $300. You come back here with the $300, and I'll sell you the equipment. I'll show you how to work it. Do you know how to work this tattoo equipment? I said, no, I don't. He said, I'll show you how. He said, you have a license? I said, no. He said, I'll show you how to get a license. He said, and you go home and you practice and practice. And when you get good enough, you can come back here and work right here with me. I said, okay, that sounds great. And then I thought, rather than rob Max, it would be better that I learn how to do this tattooing. I, I think I would like to do this for a living. The life looked great. So off I went and robbed the grocery store and came back with $300 and gave it to Max. Max says, okay, you come back here tomorrow. He says, you meet me here, and I'll have your equipment for you. I said, great. And off I went. Well, here I am. I ain't done with day one yet, and I have almost 60 years of stories to tell. What an exciting life I have led. My grandmother used to say, life it's like a roller coaster ride. Ups and downs, twists and turns. Hang on and enjoy the ride. It's going to be very hard for me to get all of this into some kind of an order. Everything seems to blur together, especially when you get older like I am now. But I'll do my best. So I went home, went to sleep. In the morning I got up, I was working in a grocery market. And I asked my mother to roll up my sleeve after, after I was all washed and dressed. And she started to roll up my sleeve, and there was my little skull and crossbones on my arm. And she says, oh my God, what did you do? I said, that's nothing, keep rolling it up. And there was my rattlesnake all curved up, three colors. It was gorgeous, but my mother didn't seem to care for it. She said, wait till your father sees what you've done. He's going to kill you. My mother was always threatening me with my father. My father was a great man, very smart man, very fair and honest man. So off I went to work. All the girls at work admired my tattoos. They were all flocking around me. Oh, we didn't know you had tattoos, Eddie. I said, I just got them last night. I said, they ain't done yet. I'm going to have some more put over here and over here. I was just thrilled to death with these tattoos. And tonight I was going to get my tattoo equipment. Oh, boy. So when I got done work, I went home. My father said to me, well, let me see what you've done. And I showed him. And he, he didn't seem too mad. 
He said, you shouldn't have got an Indian head. With all the feathers, you could put a lot of different colors in the feathers. And, and we laughed, and my father liked the tattoos. So I told him I was going down to Coney Island that I had bought some tattoo equipment, and the man was getting it ready for me. And he drove me down. So we, we go see Max, and Max says, come on, we're going over to my house and get your equipment. The equipment consisted of three tattoo machines, one outliner and two shaders. He said, the outliner you draw the tattoo with, and the shaders you color it in with. They have a bigger nozzle at the front and more needles, and you can cover a wider area. He said, but you use this machine a lot more than the outliner. <coughs> so you should have, you should have at least two. In case one breaks down, you can continue with the other one. It consisted of a little train transformer and a rheostat mounted on a little board with some wires all connecting. And he had a clipboard. He said, this is a clipboard. You stick this into the machine over here and here. He said, and here's a foot pedal. You hook this up over here. And the way you work it, you step on the pedal and the machine goes. And he showed me. And he said, you turn this little rheostat and that makes it go faster or slower. He says, now, do you have any stencils? I said, Matt, I don't have anything. He says, well, you need some stencils. So he, he reached in a couple of cigar boxes and he, he got me out a, a big handful of stencils. And he said, well, here's some design sheets for you. They were kind of old and they looked like pressed board of some kind with painted designs on them. They were tattoo designs, but very old, crude, and dirty looking. But that was my first tattoo equipment. I thanked them very much, and I went home. The next day was Sunday, and I decided I would tattoo myself. I had a, a stencil that Max had given me of flowers, like a wristband. So I shaved my wrist, I laid my wrist flat on the table, and I put some Vaseline on it, got the little charcoal that Max had sold me, put that on my plastic stencil, and put the stencil on my wrist. There it was, a flower. So I took my tattoo machine, proceeded to tattoo myself. It came out pretty nice. It took me a little while, but it came out very nice. My father was very impressed. For the next year, I, I practiced on, on kids, kids in the neighborhood, my friends, my friends' kid brothers, anybody that would let me tattoo them, I would gladly tattoo them for the practice. Most of them came out kinda, kinda scratchy and I didn't really know too much what I was doing. So I would take them in my car. I had a license, I was then 16. You could drive at 16 in Nassau County and Suffolk County, which was a part of Long Island. I lived in Queens County, but only three blocks from the Nassau County line. So I would sneak through the back roads to get across the county line, and then I could drive. Anyway, I would take the people back down to Coney Island that I tattooed to show Max, 
Sometimes Mac would say, that's not bad. And Mac would proceed to fix it up a little and explain to me, next time, try doing this. And he would give me little pointers and little, little helpful hints. And I kept learning. I had little business cards printed up. And when I'd go out drinking at night with my friends, who would go to various places, I would stick my business card with the phone number of my father's house in the phone booths. And I'd get a few customers here and there. Now I come to a part in my life that I'm a little ashamed of. I wasn't even going to mention it, but it is a part of my life, and I have to mention it. I was hanging with a group of guys that we used to burglarize stores and houses. A couple of these got caught, these guys got caught one night, and in questioning my name came up and I was arrested. I ended up getting sentenced to three years in prison. Now, prison wasn't very nice. I didn't like it at all. I only did one year, and then I got out, and two years I had to do on parole. But while I was in that prison, I met an array of characters. One of them was a guy named Paulie, who it turned out was the guy sitting in Brooklyn Blackie's tattoo parlor's doorway, letting the people in. So I got to know Paulie pretty good. And then there was another fellow there called Animal who used to draw. And he would sketch drawings of animals all the time. And I used to hang with him a little and pick up whatever information, any little skills I could from him to, to be able to draw animals. Anyway, that's all I'm going to mention about that part. Later, that part plays a big part in my life again. If I didn't go to prison for that short time, who knows what I might have done. I might have been, went to prison for a long time. So it was part of everything happens for a reason. There was a reason I got sentenced to prison, and I only did a year.